0: Hey mates. Welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you are in the world. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh, listen in. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. This is 198. We are uh, two away from the 200. Woo-hoo! Uh, I hope 2020 is going well. New decade for all of us. And... Um, yeah, I believe I am still in Melbourne. I'm in Melbourne still. And happy birthday, Mum. Uh, it's going to be in a couple of days. The end of the month. Happy birthday, Mum. Love you lots. Uh, all right, we're going to go on to uh, another great man that's been on the show before, Mr. Val McCallum. Great bloke. Uh, he's got a new album out that we thought we'd get him on. He, he's going to talk about that. We're going to play a track off his new album just in a second called Stella Girl. Uh, So check that out But uh, yeah Mr. Val McCallum uh, He talks about uh, lots of fun stuff Great bloke, great guitarist Knows how to set up a solo Like nobody's business Very great fun To watch the the man himself Uh, Jackson Brown I mean he's played with everyone Done amazing things uh, His stepdad was uh, Mr. Charles Bronson That's a pretty cool story to have yeah, my dad, my stepdad was Charles Bronson. That's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. So, a lot of fun to sit down with Val. Just a super guy and, um, again, a great guitar player. I hope you guys enjoy this. Again, uh, thank you for all the support. We hope you guys had fun at Nam. We'll have to do a catch-up with Bruce and Scott when uh, I get back into town and find out what the hell happened, what dramas and... Uh, problems and new gear they saw and didn't like and blah 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 so anyway all right so let's get into it and um we'll check out what val has to say big shout out to all my mates out there whoever you are g'day good on you mate and uh thank you for listening <laughs> uh i think i've done like four intros in a row they're they're getting pretty tiresome now. So I'm going to just shut up and let you guys uh, get into it. Remember, guitarwank.com. Go there. Patreon account, most important. Go there. Support us. I believe it's a tax write-off. I'm probably bullshitting there, but just take it as a tax write-off. We give you permission. And, uh, yeah, we will see you all soon. Big shout-out to my mate Ulf in Sweden. G'day mate, I hope you're driving safely across the country as you do. And, uh, and my mate Kippo and Sydney, we had, we had lots of fun, past future tense. Alright, I'm, I'm getting tired. Okay, it's like the, the second, no, it's the last day of the year in uh, where I'm at right now. I'm back in the 31st, well the 30th, it's now the 31st, because it's midnight. All right, you get what I'm saying. I'm tired. All right, guys, be safe uh, and keep guitar wanking. Here is a title track. Oh, well, not title track, but the number one track off the Val McCallum's new album, Stella Girl. Check it out. Buy the new album everywhere and uh, sit back and enjoy. Be safe. See you guys next week. And ladies, of course. Okay. <laughs>
1: Heart. You found my heart on a broken street Yeah, you give my life a second chance When you found your way to me When you found your way to me So
2: saved all of the pictures. I sure hope I did.
0: I got know it? I've got them cuz you sent them to me. I sent them to you, so yeah. you've got
2: them.
3: But oh, uh, I was so upset
2: with what with Dumble.
0: Oh my god. We could talk about that. Well, sure. Did we you, last time. I we, think we did. Are you touching? didn't didn't Jackson step in? You, god, I, I yeah. hope
2: you saved those pictures, Troy, cuz I appear to have
0: of the chassis.
2: Yeah,
3: with
1: the chassis. it? Does it sound
3: good
0: sounds really good I got a I got a Vibrolux. I well, know I got a Vibra Verb just vintage one and it just side by side it's like
3: wow so is it that thing where like you can turn it up and it just sounds good like where most vendors start to crap out it's sort of still musical yeah even though it's even is. though
2: it's overdriving yeah yeah, yeah. and it doesn't or, the high notes the, the highs don't kill you
3: don't kill you
2: they're not like ice picks yeah. even when they're super bright yeah they're sweet yeah
3: that one I, I was playing it the other night. That black deluxe. It's just man, it's I love
0: it. Yeah. That was that was the dump, it, that was a double too. Yeah, you're pulling some great tones. Oh, thanks. It I, was I really was good.
3: Sort of struggling. I, I I wasn't having a good time, but boy, sure, sure, fucking fooled me.
2: Yeah, Fuck man, you. it was. We really. No, anyways, was, we should. Well, we should no, talk. It was,
3: okay. You know, I
2: mean, we might as well record this. Yeah. You know. But
0: take this jacket off. And put this
2: Take your tie and jacket off.
0: Um, so Bruce, you can do the
2: honors. Oh, great, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Guitar Wank. Fellow wankers, wank widows. Wank <laughs> Trans wankers, we got you all. Um, we have wank widows. Yeah, we do have wank widows. We have trans wankers, too. Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's Troy McCubbin over there with his funny accent. You know, Get you know, every day is really, even if it seems like it's a bad day, it's still a good day. You know, just because it's a bad day for you or somebody else doesn't make it a bad day. It's still a good day. It's just, a, you know, it's just a day. I mean, today I, w- I went to take a piss. I was at school, man, and there was somebody in the stall, you know. Sounded like they were wrestling with an alligator, man. Oh, you know that's a rough day.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know. So, anyways, uh, but yeah. that's a perfect segue because we have a special guest with us, right now. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Back to the show. He's actually willing willing to come back and uh, be humiliated further by association with us, ladies and gentlemen. Val McCallum. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we've only got a few repeat I offenders.
2: Know. Yeah,
0: you and well, John Pisano, right? Right. John Pisano. He's been here.
2: Which we three saw times. the last time we saw you. We saw him. John. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. John yeah. yeah. And what he, a hero! He
3: Played on that Sam Cooke record that had. Well, I got a couple of my favorite songs. I think he did. Hmm. I, I, I,
2: I don't I, know about I read that. It on his resume, but he's well, he's,
3: he's played like some. Yeah. Some blues things besides, it's not all jazz on
2: there. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, John's done a lot of stuff, man, he you know. The best rhythm.
3: Yeah, he's great, man. God, he's just great. So beautiful.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's so amazing. Only 88, you know. Is he 88 years old? Yeah, he's, yeah.
3: That's incredible. He left he's got the
2: body of an 87-year-old. Oh, he does look good.
3: But he's, like, so sharp. He left me a message after the gig, and it sh- I played it for my wife, and she was like, he sounds 50. He seems so, you know, lucid.
0: Yeah.
3: And I hope I'm that's where I'm at. Right. That would be great. Just to be
0: playing at that age. Yeah, just to I be. And gigging. I know. And then to get invited to play. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. John's bad ass.
3: Would you like a glass of wine, Val? I would. I'm sorry I didn't bring anything.
0: Nice, no, okay. I hope this
2: meets your standards, but if not, well, tough. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> it's just wank wine.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, we, we made it ourselves. <laughs> oh, it smells nice. So it's a pretty good, yeah, decent bottle. It was the second most expensive bottle they had in the oh, store. Oh, it's good. No, yeah, nice. So that Oregon Pinot. You no know more mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. it's sort of a prostate thing you know oh yeah
0: now val i did see you a bunch of times singing in your car and uh car
2: yeah <laughs> right
0: um it's just before this English. album come out right yeah you were doing that and i'm excited to listen to this album new album is called val mccallum
3: Shattagy. Thank you. I'm not going to let you try to I would it. never have got that. Yeah, everyone to knows spell that. It. It's ridiculous. What does it mean? Shattagy is, I have a property in Vermont.
0: Yeah. And
3: um, behind my house, the, the national parkland is called the Shattagy Forest. Right. And it's, um, it's just this massive, uh, wild you know, national park um, that's got the Appalachian Trail running through it. And it's a really beautiful oh, spot. Wow. And yeah, so you know, I just like the word, and I have a song on there called "Shattagie," and it's all co-written with um, a lot of my friends from Vermont, oh, well, um, so. as well as actually a few. Um,
0: Are you right on the Appalachian
3: Trail? Well, actually, we're yeah. Pretty much. I Man, was I on could, the Appalachian Trail I could walk
0: recently there. in uh, near West Point, Big Bear Mountain. In, oh, really? Yeah, in uh, well, in yeah. New it's York. a long ass trail. That's a long ass, yeah. I'm at <laughs> yeah the it goes end to it. the Appalachian, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um,
3: you see, we see hikers when we go when we're there in the summer. They they don't walk past our house, but they walk you know just down the road from right. us. And they they and,
2: they started down in South Carolina and shit.
3: I think so. I think it does start way yeah. down south.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: it's, it's like fifteen hundred miles. I'm
3: not sure how long it is, but...
0: Oh, yeah, it's really long. So how much property do you have out there?
3: Oh, we've got about, I think it's about 60 acres. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So it's a farm? not
3: huge. Uh, Well, it was just a house, but um, uh, we have a nice lake in front of the house, and then then on the other side of the lake there was a horse property, and... um, it came up for sale and, you know, just when I was feeling completely over my head with it the way it is, Shelley was like, you know, we, we don't want anybody else to buy that. You know? Right. So <laughs> we bought this place. So now it actually is, it's a, really like an equestrian property.
2: Wow. But you don't Are have, you, a, you don't have We don't have any horses. Do you yeah. ride?
3: No. We have like a a horse barn with brand new with heated stalls and you know it's got like 10 stalls.
2: Airbnb people will rent
3: Oh I know. Yeah. Or you can start
2: horse B&B.
3: Horse (laughs) B&B.
2: Dude I'm I'm gonna you know because I'm starting a new business driveway B&B. Yeah. You know all the people that live in their cars get them off the street.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of them in LA right now.
2: Right. You, You know give them a hook up and like hey you know. Be off the street. The
0: cops won't roust you. You know you're safe. You can rent out
2: your driving for like ten bucks a night. You know
0: if, that would be cool. Yeah, but except when you you got to get up early to get to work and you got some bum in your driveway and he they're won't not wake bums.
2: Up. They're they're people who are just kind of can't afford Displace. the housing here. You know we're uh, not we're done, you know
3: no it's Maybe amazing they're, I
2: mean, they're some you know
3: we'd I mean, never have imagined twenty years ago that, this that would LA happen. would be looking the way it is right now. You know like I you know I mean just uh, Bundy and. Yeah. Just below Santa Monica, it's like a whole row of tents. You know? It's expensive it's to live
0: here. A lot of broken dreams. Yeah. So the album's out. Mm-hmm. Um, how many tracks on the album? We've got
3: 10? I think there's 10.
0: 10 tracks? Yeah. Um and this is your singer-songwriter side, is, right? Yeah, this
3: is my singer-songwriter side. Is
0: this the and acoustic album?
3: No, this is a this is full, a full band. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty rockin'. My fir- I, first album was uh, just acoustic. That right. one I cut just every song solo acoustic and then added just very sparing yep. overdubs. But this one, um, I cut some of it at home and then added drums and rhythm section to it and then cut most of it with a section.
0: Did you cut live? Or
3: I cut it, yeah, a lot of it live. Oh, really? There's two tracks yep. with Shelby Lynn that I think we actually cut the vocals live, but we, the whole thing live. I think I'm going to cut the guitar solos over, but yeah, we we sang them live. The two tracks were Shelby oh, Lynn cool. singing. Yeah,
0: can we can we play some of these um, during the show?
3: That would be fantastic.
0: Yeah. All right. Great. We, we, yeah. We play some of these tracks. I'm dying to listen to it because I I heard some of your tracks in the in the car. Were
3: you mm.
0: were you just playing around with
3: the? Yeah, I was just. I decided okay. to do. You know, I called it the songs from the car series. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> and, great. And I would just, whatever, you know, and f- I could do Pilates a couple times a week. So in front of Pilates, I get there a little bit early and just like, you know, and I put the address and the time of day and the name of the song and I just sit there and put the camera on the dash and film myself singing it. Yeah. Yeah, and I did the whole record that way. See and,
2: if and you rented an Airbnb driveway <laughs> you had a little more separation from the traffic. Oh, yeah.
0: Route. <laughs> <laughs> now when how like uh, did you write these songs recently or this uh...
1: um
3: in the last few years yeah yeah you know I was kind of I my first album I was very proud of it, it was you know it was um kind of uh, took a long time for me to make it and I actually this was one of those things where I made an album hated it scrapped it and you know and um, and, you know, I, I played it for a producer friend and he said, you know, and I had too much going on. I had a full band and too many, too many tracks, you know, and it just, the the songs weren't getting over. Right. Now, you know, my friends liked it, but I just was like, you know, if I can't listen to it myself, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to put it out. But, uh, yeah, and my, my friend Tony Berg, who produced that, you know, said, you yeah, you should just, you know, play the songs just by yourself, you know, and and it was a good idea it worked really well so you know I had a hard time you know following up that record and I had a a, you know a songwriting partner on that album who was really brilliant a guy named Dylan O'Brien oh
1: yeah you know Dylan yeah sure yeah and he's you know
3: he was uh, well I think I pissed him off a bit but he was available but you know I you know I did sort of rewrite some stuff that we had written together and you know Oh, that was He wasn't thrilled about that, oh, but, oh. Um, um, but not that he wasn't available, but I was kind of, you know, when you work with somebody that good, it makes you feel like, oh, I can't do this without him, you know, and, uh,
0: right.
3: but um, I called this young producer, and I had a bunch of songs that I was not that confident with, and you know, he, I met with him for lunch, and, you know, played him the songs, and he was really... Keen to, he loved the stuff, and so he kind of lit a fire under me, and I just, you know, made the record. But it was one of those things, you know, where if you build it, you know, they will come. Kind of, you know, right. sort of got started, and once we got going, I, I um, start, I started writing a lot, you know, to just kind of like, you know, because you felt make like it better. S- you started, you started yeah. the ball rolling, and now started you started the ball rolling through. Yeah, and um, I, so I wrote my. my some of my favorite stuff you know like at the end of the project yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so it was a conscious um, effort like alright now I'm writing an album yeah yeah
3: yeah. so but
0: question nowadays because I'm it's changed so much it's it, the music industry is complete shit as in trying to sell products and make money how do you approach a producer knowing that more than likely this isn't going to make a lot of money unless you say tour off it or really right like how do you how do you go about paying these guys nowadays or what do you think these producers even expect
3: yeah um you know i i this guy uh producer who did this is chris price he's a young guy super talented writer himself and he produced an album that he called me to play on about six months before i you know called him to do this so yeah. i had this great experience we made an album for an artist named jeffrey gaines
1: oh, um, he's a
3: you. really great voice he, he sort of sounds like elvis costello a super soulful singer cool songwriter and we made this really cool record and i really liked chris's it was the first time working with him and i just dug the way he did it he did his thing and kind of pulled unique vibes out of the situation you know yep. so i just kind of uh on the spur of the moment called him up and said hey you know you want to make a record and he was
0: he was down. very
3: keen yeah that's
0: awesome
3: yeah so he was really fun to work with and um he's really a good engineer you know so that was very helpful because he mixed the record and right you know
0: Was it a lot of home studio type stuff? A lot at home. Uh, uh, Do you you
3: have a home studio? I do. I have a very simple, you know, Digio True, you know, uh, um, Pro Tools rig off my kitchen, and um, and we actually have a really nice big living room. So we, you know, brought the mics out into the living room, and Chris and I played some of the songs on acoustics, and and then we and I sang in that big room. And then we overdubbed the rhythm track yep. to, the, to those for, for, uh, for a few of the songs. And then um, the other ones we actually cut at um, a recording studio, a, a guy named, it was called the Velveteen Laboratory, and it was a uh, young guitarist, producer named Taylor. Um, what was Taylor's last name? Locke, Taylor, Taylor Locke. Locke. Yeah, super talented he's guy and yep. a great little studio. I, yeah, he's a, in Hollywood. Yeah, so it was a great experience, and you know, it just feels so good to, you know, basically, just thinking, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm sort of, I made my record, you know, and um, to actually doing doing another one and just having it turn out, just absolutely loving it. I'm like thrilled with it. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really really great. And what to do with it now? I mean, it's it's so difficult, you know. I, I like, you know, I sent them everywhere i got lists of radio people and writers and you know reviewers and you know i sent them i sent them out and
0: feedback's been good
3: it feedback has been excellent you know i have you know i'm about to hire someone to right to um, promote it
0: when when you did the drums and bass did you find because you said that you did some tracks before and then you added later did you definitely feel looking back now that there was any one way that you'd prefer to do an album?
3: Uh, yeah, I would prefer to have everybody together, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, for cutting basics, you know, but um, those tracks came out really good, yeah. you know, so th- it worked really well. Actually, there's a thing that happens that, you know, where that sort of demo vibe that, you know, you sometimes demos can be, you know, hard to, to beat kind of a thing, you know, like, there's kind of an edginess to it, you know, yeah. to the, to over, overdubbing the drums. And, you know, if it works, it can be great. But I'm, like, super sensitive to it not working, you know. Right. So yeah. when it's not working, it's like torture, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: But it, it worked okay, you know.
0: And then, how about vocals? Is, is, is that something you've always been, That's uh, has been well, something you're comfortable with? And
3: um, You know, I love to sing, and um, it's funny because the, the first album... I, you know, I, like I said, I scrapped an entire album that I had sang at home, at all overdubbed. And really, the it was sort of hard to believe myself on that music. Like, for some reason, I wasn't getting the the uh, narrative of the songs across, overdubbing, it, overdubbing them, you yeah. know. And then when uh, Tony Berg got me to just play them live, like, you know, he's like, you got to learn your songs well enough to sing and play them, you know, these are, you know, singer-songwriter type of songs, and it really made all the difference to how the song is actually believable or not, you know? It's a strange thing. So I actually thought after that that, oh, crap, and I actually have to do it this way, you know? (laughs) And it's really not the case. So um, this record, I did sing the the two songs with Shelby Lynn I sang live, and I think maybe another couple, but most of them I sang in my studio at home overdubbed, you know, yeah you know in my own time in my robe with a cup of coffee you know take your time sing a verse right go pick up Stella at school come <laughs> back to take a solo you know kind of the perfect
0: uh, situation yeah did you did you find that there the were times with your vocals like all right early morning getting out of bed I'm finding different parts of my voice that are working better or was it no, for there was me, no particular
3: thing. It's, it's all about the song being sort of written for myself. Yep. You know, like my voice is very limited. I have a low voice. I don't have a high range, so the key is really important. The vibe of the tune and the melody and, the, you know, it's all sort of, all that pre-production is key. Yep. You know, yep. and then when it's time to sing it, it's actually not right. a big deal. You just get in the vibe. And, yeah. Yeah. Great. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, because if it's not right,
0: it's so hard I know when I record vocals you think you could do a good take and then you leave it and you're like I think I got something good then you listen back the next day and you're like and then you go through that oh Um, doubting yourself and so did you have someone you obviously had someone there listening to the vocals no
3: I I cut a lot of it by myself
0: you were showing them the the, vo- the the vocals and checking with them or you're just like no nah, I'm feeling good well, about
3: Yeah this. I would just send it to Chris yeah. and he would fit them in you know I oh, okay. cut the tracks
1: yeah.
3: and uh cu- I would I cut the vocals to like a stereo mix you know right and pl- and cut track and then send it to him and he'd put them all in and I don't even think he ever anything ever bugged him really yeah. you yeah. know you know that was all
0: there yeah, yeah it's it pretty awesome. happening
3: it's uh, not a problem and guitars too yeah um
0: yeah, man, you are a great guitar player. I oh. really enjoyed Jack Shit the other night, and we have something in common. We talked about last time. But you were in Wilson Phillips, yeah. When when they hit, and I was in Wilson Phillips when. They went down years later. <laughs> after after bridesmaids, their return. Yeah, when they oh, were you down. imagine
2: what would happen if I'd have played with them,
3: oh. well, they're probably still out there playing.
2: They are right? still out there. They're still doing the odd gig. They're still doing the old. When gig. they want I to end it all, girls. when they want to end up, have them call me.
0: But um, the other night I was talking to Bruce about it, and we kind of Bruce made the comment, and I I, I totally agreed. You build. You've got an amazing knack. For building great guitar solos like building a solo and taking it somewhere like i found myself looking at the end of the bar like oh what the fuck's he doing there that's and you're always doing something and then you would change you would change the solo enough to grab my attention again and pull me in as like oh what's he doing there it was really good oh that's soloing. such a nice compliment and no, i was that's like
2: really i mean i want to echo that i mean it's like we saw your band and it was you know set of over two hours and you Played a lot of songs. And and there we, were, c-
3: we cut five tunes as
2: well. well. you know, no, but I mean, there was like, it was, you know, it was a long, and my point, it was a long set. Yeah. So there was like a good 30 or so songs, of which many had guitar solos, you know, maybe oh, yeah. 20 or 25 it's of them. It's a trio. Because I mean, it was so. a trio. Yeah. So, um,
3: drum stop very bad. Yeah, right.
2: You know, Bass <laughs> <Basil, laughs> I, I think so. But I'm just saying, you know, you, all these rides you took and they're of course of different lengths some were just little interlude kind of solos and some were full on features Yeah, you know and everything in between but every one was just a beautiful arc to it I mean it was just like a story was being told it was just so great to hear that many solos by one guy with that many different stories told and of course you did use tone as a big driver for that too but No, just the arc of the energy and where they all went. They all did something different. They were all perfectly suited to the length that they were.
3: Oh, that's so nice. Man,
2: that was, no, it It was was inspiring. It was really really inspiring and just an an example of really
0: what improvisation's about.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the the ultimate compliment, really. Was well, that is
0: uh, is that something you? I mean, well, a lot of those songs, I'm sure you have got a, a rough idea where you're going. Some of those yeah. solos, pretty pretty worked out. No, or not, All no. improvised and just off the cuff. What well, doing?
3: I mean, certain songs, maybe there's like a, a riff that I like to get into that yeah. I tend to always get into. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, in general, it's just you know how it is with guitar it's like it never sounds the same you know like it makes me crazy so I'm just sort of playing to what I got right. in that moment you yeah. know but uh yeah I mean not you know I just uh you know I don't really have a lot of uh you know, I mean it's not a huge vocabulary that I'm drawing from really right. I mean I'm really just trying to play what I'm hearing in my head melodically, and making melodical statements that are like as if I was singing, you
0: know. Well, um, well it, that came across, and I was trying but to... But there be- was more than that. I mean, yeah. there's an
2: energy and a energy shape and to it, yeah. you know and I mean? They built up dynamically, they went surprising places, you know, they weren't the same arc every solo, you know, they were yeah. different. Um, that you know, to me, that's you know, again, that's the height of what we're really supposed to do when we play in this in any yeah. kind of music. You're given the ball at the thirty yard line, and you're supposed to. Well, take if it, a guy does doesn't a do that, yard line, you know, and
3: if a guy doesn't do that, it's like I'm just so out of there, you know.
2: But you know that it's it's not it's not the rule. Yeah, but in my experience of listening, it's to music, my rule. <laughs> I know, I mean, and <laughs> it's know? my rule too. Yeah. I hope I
3: achieve you it. Do it. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> you totally I mean, do I it.
2: hope I do it, but frankly, you know, a lot of times the thing is just about good playing. It's not about yeah. the arc. A lot of times it's, um, you know, whatever. It just seems like it's not the priority of a lot of players when I go to listen yeah. to music.
3: Well, if you're capable of doing that, of telling a story, you, then you don't really need chops that much, you know, like. I mean, I know guys that have chops that don't do that. That are like they're very working guys, and I can't believe what I'm hearing. I'm just hearing a fucking machine gun of like gibberish, you know. And And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of shocking to me, you know, when I when I'm when it happens, you know. Or a bunch Uh, of
2: solos is what I usually hear with that. It's like they'll play something, and then they'll play something else, and then they'll play something else. Yeah. I mean, it's like I've heard, you know, in the space of where you take one solo. They've taken twenty yeah you know they're all like really cool fragments of a great solo but then as soon as that as soon as that that particular event happened another event happened that wasn't yeah. necessarily related to the event before it other than it was brilliant play. yeah
3: yeah and just not connected to it right
2: it was it maybe it related to the harmony yeah or maybe it related you know but it didn't have it didn't relate back to itself and build on it so, yeah you know, like the narrative yeah. would
3: be yeah
2: you know how do you think you developed that
3: I think just because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> honestly <laughs> really yeah yeah that's all I got you does know? anybody
2: really know what the fuck they're doing
3: well about, you know? I mean but I, mean, I the... look at people's faces and I'm like connecting you know Yeah. sort of like I can tell when I'm getting somebody you know yeah. Yeah. so it's like a connection thing and just like you know trying to feel what I'm doing you know like there's a lot of people don't they're not connected to it and they're not feeling yeah, you know, I can. Like re- I'm really, you know, sensitive when someone's just not in it in that way. Yeah. You know, If it's sort of like hearing Neil Young just barbarically fucking pound out a fucking, you know, it's like, oh shit, I'd rather hear that than you know. That's
0: something more Yeah. Pre-worked out and organized. And,
3: yeah. yeah. Yeah, or or even like Lindsey Buckingham just like playing a single note, just just one note, but it's like he's so like. Yeah. Psycho about it, you yeah. know. He's so in it you know
0: well yeah that that came across because I walked out of there and said Bruce I can't put my finger on why I was was so into the solos like what was catching me and Bruce said he told a story and you know it built the solo built really nicely and it, it
2: was always depending upon I mean the length you know it fit the length I mean which is obviously there is some strategy to that yeah you know I mean it's like don't blow your wad in the first two minutes if you've got Twenty minutes to go. You yeah, know? I mean, that's kind of. Um, I mean, you, you know, any storyteller has to be aware of the amount of space and time they're filling up.
3: It's funny. This is reminding me. Um, I have a sub, recent sub, Mason Stoops on yeah. the ja- the Jackson Brown gig, and um, Mason. I, I only heard this. This is hearsay, but I heard uh, Greg Lease is the other guitarist, who's you know, he's one of the great, greatest musicians I know, and I, I guess Mason like, asked him, because Mason's, like, super inquisitive, super smart, you know? he asked him, like, what do you think about, like, when you solo, and I don't know if I have this right, but I think Greg, I, I'm hoping that he was fucking with him, because this yeah. is so funny, I yeah. think he said, I think of how I want to end it, and I work my way back to front.
1: Yeah, well, you know,
2: there but, is, no, you know, I mean, strategy, just strategy, yeah. you know, I mean, and you can always change your mind. But you know, you you gotta have an idea of where you're going, or you ain't gonna get there.
3: Yeah, you're like you gotta have a good beginning and good ending; those yeah. are important. Fill right? the shit up in
2: the middle. And, <laughs> you know, a bunch of
3: shit in the middle.
2: Get louder. Play a blues lick, and you're done. Yeah. You know? yeah but nice. I just
3: love the idea that maybe Greg was fucking. Yeah. <laughs> because reminds, Mason was that like, reminds "Whoa!" Me.
2: That a fucking you Yoda a moment there. Yeah. What are you thinking about when you say that? Reminds me of the story about Ray Brown. When he was in the Cadillac dealership and, uh you know, that one over on Tyrone and... The oh, yeah. Era, you know, the the old de Cadillac.
3: By Gett, Beverly Glenn?
2: You, you know, it's, yes, yeah, it's it, the yeah, bottom yeah. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and supposedly, like in the 60s, you know, he, he goes into the Cadillac and there's this big convertible Cadillac in the showroom and, you know, leather and everything. And he, you know, he's a big black guy and he goes and he, sits, he gets in the back seat and he's just sort of like you know stroking the leather and just kind of daydreaming and the, all the salesmen kind of afraid to approach him you know finally one gets the balls to do it and walks up to him Sister Ray says so sir he says you thinking about buying this car and Ray said oh no he says I know I'm going to buy it I'm thinking about fucking it.
3: it? <laughs> <laughs> How did I know that's where that was going? <laughs> He's in the backseat.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> really, that's what he should have said. Oh, I'm just thinking about fucking
0: it. <laughs> oh man, are you are you still playing with you still playing with Jackson? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I just took some uh, some uh, couple months of gigs. Um, yeah. Next year. We're not, right now, we've been. Um, I just recorded with him the other night. It was great. He came to the show. And yeah, he, yeah, and we the, saw, he to he was Great To our show, which he, you know, I always invite him, but uh, you know, I never know when he's going to actually come.
0: And he was brown shit, right?
3: He's brown shit, that's right. Yeah, we all have shit names.
0: Yeah, that's right. And he, his, his name
3: is built in.
0: Yeah, he doesn't, he
3: doesn't like his name. He's like, hey, Bo, how come you got a cool name, you know? Like, I got to be brown shit. And I'm like, well, well, first of all, I was there in the very beginning. Right. <laughs> I decide
2: who gets the name. Yeah, <laughs> And but your you name is
3: built in. You can't change brown shit. Okay, so you, you got, got
2: jack shit. Your base no, that
3: player the band is, is, is jack shit the band is jack shit the bass player is shorty shit shorty shit right? B- drummer is pizza shit piece of shit <laughs> and then you know Richard Thompson is Richard the turd and <laughs> Greg Lees, the steel guitar player he sits in with us a lot and he's yep. got a we couldn't f- find a name for him and and then Shorty looked down and he saw Greg has that little beat up old bench that he sits on behind the stool, and he said, "Look at that old stool." So we call him Old Stool, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he loves his name. You know, that is a says great a name. lot about <laughs> him. Yeah. And then there's you know, Lucinda Williams, and she's a like, Mama Shit. Yeah. Elvis Costello is El Dia de which is yeah. that's a little outside.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So you know, it goes on and on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> how long? How long has Jack Shit been going for?
3: Over 20
0: years. Really? And how did it start?
3: It started when we were the the band behind Vonda Shepard on the TV show Allie McBeal. Oh,
1: no way. So wow. we
3: were sitting in a trailer for 14 hours waiting to do our on-camera, you know, for the TV show. And then we were just...
0: Bored shitless.
3: Yeah, yeah bored shitless. Yeah, yeah. There was a fourth member, actually, a guy named Mark Hart. I don't know if you know him, but he really? he he's in, he was in Crowded House and oh, wow. Super Tramp and he's a great musician. So he was actually the fourth member. And um and it was his idea to call it Jack Shit. Uh. Anyway, so we plan we set up a rehearsal and he didn't show up for the rehearsal. For the first we had two days set. And he didn't show up for the first rehe- day. And we were a trio and we started playing and it was like uh oh you know this is <laughs> this is not it. yeah this isn't it was just immediately really good and really fun and there were yep. tons of space in it and you know like you just know you're not that other guy's not getting in there anyway i, I love mark hart he's awesome but yep. you know and they were dave and pete were well he's your friend you're gonna have to tell him you know because he showed up the next day you know <laughs> yeah so awkward yeah. but, <laughs> but uh,
0: you guys could have not shown up <laughs> yeah, <they're> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are the What, know what know are what? the other guys who do they play with I imagine they play they a- play with
3: Elvis Costello
0: oh okay wow. Pete wow.
3: Thomas is the original drummer for the attractions with Elvis yep. Costello Davy Farragher has been with Elvis for a really long time now and he came from Davey was in he founded the group Cracker, Cracker. Well, he was like on that first big record for Cracker and he uh, and, you know, does a lot of sessions and
1: yeah.
3: um, John Hyatt. He yeah, actually right. produced produced John Hyatt. He's a Davey's one of the those musicians that, you know, you get in the studio and, and he's like profoundly talented guy. So yeah. if you're ever not getting a track or something, you can always just sort of lean on him and he'll pull it all together, you know? Yeah. He's yeah. he's amazing.
2: You mean as an engineer or as a musician? No, as both? a musician
3: as a like kind of producer really. Yeah. Like you know He's not going to do that unless, you know, if you need him to. He's, he's just fantastic ideas, you know. And, um, wow. yeah, I mean, he's just, he's really one of my favorite bass players. And he studied with Chuck Rainey, and yeah. uh, he's a soulful bass player, really.
0: Yeah. Well, it, sounds, it, it just looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, it was so much I can fun. see why it's, it's been going for 20 years. It's kind
2: years. of, in many ways, the, um, the rockified answer to my band Cowbox. I, know, that's what people have been telling me for years. Because what we do with cowbop, if you just imagine Western Swing goes bebop musically, yeah, but <laughs> with the same irreverent comedic silliness yeah. and uh, all the worked out shit.
3: Well, I've been told shit, this, shit, this shit, for shit, years.
2: Shit on the, is, is the, we should just open for you, you know. It's oh,
3: that's, yeah, we need to do it. We need to do something and figure yeah. it out.
2: That would be yeah. a fun show at
0: the Bank yeah. Potato too,
2: wouldn't it? Yeah, well, it might be. Yeah, too small a place to do it. But
3: yeah, we need to find the right thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. that would be. fun. I mean,
3: we've been trying to find a bigger venue for us because it's, you know, uh, our gigs sell out really quickly, like like the day that they put them on. Even at McCabe's, you know, we we have two Christmas shows coming up. They're sold out in a day, I think. You know,
2: well, McCabe's is bigger. The, not the, that than much. The spud, maybe. And I think it's like twice as big. Is, is it, it? Oh. in terms oh. of people? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's probably, I think it's, McCabe's was like 120, 140 people, right?
0: And the Spud's only like 60 or 70. Yeah. I didn't think that McCabe's was that big. Okay, it's been well, years.
3: It, since I've yeah, been. It, it it might be that yeah. like that much bigger, but yeah, it's funny, you know, when we tr- when we've tried to play bigger places, it just it's not automatic that more people come. You know, it's right, sort of yeah. like it's weird yeah you, know?
0: so you got to be in the right place
3: yeah
0: yeah is that something you guys have toured with that band or has it just been a well, local fun thing not
3: really we did a we did like a we called it the west coast world domination tour <laughs> we did like <laughs> san francisco and santa cruz and yep. santa barbara and you know we did it went up the coast and it was just like we played for trash cans there's nobody right else, you yeah. know and we took out ads and papers and Called radio and like you know, yeah. didn't matter what we did. Yeah, just there was nobody. So that was pretty discouraging. Yeah,
2: yeah. So like I say, I play jazz because I hate crowds. <laughs> yeah.
3: right? I don't mm. like crowds either. I am. But, no, that's, that's yeah, fun. so you have
0: you have a lot of guests um yeah kind of high rollers coming in and like jackson- yeah, yeah right
2: right you know i mean like yeah i really you know yeah jackson brown sits in with him jackson brown sits <laughs> in with <laughs> it's it's like, <laughs> you guys
0: know. like that was really cool that he got up and sang and yeah that was awesome yeah
3: he's you know he's he's my favorite of all our guests actually i like he's got a good sense of humor so
0: he seems like he's got a yeah and he yeah. seems like he's really really together guy
3: he's great yeah he's a great guy I mean, but a, he's difficult, you know, because he, he, you know, he he needs a lot of guitars to do like his songs. You, you know, he'll do this one uh, half half step down, and he wants it to be the the right guitar, and you know. So when I asked him to play, I was like, well, let's play, uh, you know, this or that, and he's like, well, no, I need this or that guitar. I'm like, look, I'm giving you a Telecaster; you can you, you can do it on anything, but right. he really wants to have
1: right. Know, he's very right. He is a
3: tone girl. guy. Like yeah. he is like. You know, more obsessed with getting his sound than any than wow. any of us. Yeah, yep. his acoustic sound on on our his show is really good. Yeah, yep. really dialed. Do you
2: bring a sound man with you?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. he brings everything. We bring lights. We bring right. everything, and sound. We bring sound.
0: He brings the sound equipment. Yeah, yeah. they're
3: hanging PAs.
0: Wow.
3: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to believe.
0: I mean, what a what a legacy, Jackson's, I mean. I mean, when he did take... I didn't think he was going to do Take It Easy the other night. That was pretty cool.
3: Yeah. It was that was really cool. I had to quickly figure out what he would do on a Telecaster. You know?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but.
0: I mean, he's hes the guy... He, did did he write all of it? Or is it wrote, him and... Uh, Fried, him and Glenn yeah. Fry wrote that. Right.
3: Yeah. But I think that most of that is Jackson.
0: Yeah. Sure sounds like it.
3: Yeah. Glenn wrote, you know girl my lord in the flatbed Benford ford come, ford, yeah. come to take a look at me yeah you know, i think yeah. that was glad but um yeah I mean, I think a lot of that song's Jackson. actually jackson it's the first song on the first eagles record you know wow it's pretty cool and it
0: becomes such an iconic tune, right I mean. oh i know
3: wow. i love wow. that song and we play it you know whenever we play it i feel like a big dork you know but i can't help it just sort yeah. of sing the song like the whole song while we're playing it you know and because the whole place is singing it you know you just can't you know, i look around at my bandmates and you know i'm the only one up there <laughs> like i'm like a fan you know
0: it's um, some that's when fun. you really re- like the power of music goes to that next level and when you get to play a song with so much power like that yeah you just like it's one man. of the
3: greatest songs yeah I, think, I mean it's such a
0: and just the background
3: uplifting thing <laughs>
0: I mean, Jackson put the Eagles on the map, right? Like, he helped them get them signed or ha- opened that door a little bit?
3: Um, I don't know. Didn't the Eagles... They didn't back up Linda, Linda Ronstadt? Ronstad. Ronstad. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Stone Pony. I mean, that
2: was... Uh, did you see that, that documentary? No, I haven't seen I it I just yet. saw it. Is it great? It's great. It's really great to see it, you know.
3: Um, well, she kind of broke the mold, didn't she? I mean, yeah.
2: In a lot of ways, yeah. And, and, and those, the two guys from the Eagles were in her band. You know. Which, like,
3: Henley? Glenn, Glenn. Or? Henley
0: and, yeah. yeah. Henley and Glenn and Fry. Fry. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And they were living, or was it Glenn? I think it was, Glenn was living downstairs or upstairs from Jackson. Yeah, in that's Lake, right. right. Yeah. Upstairs. On yeah. like The Eagles special, I remember Glenn Fry was like, that's how I learned to write a song, Was he hear Jackson in the morning playing the piano and just... Yeah, he'll,
3: work, he'll flesh out a song and no matter how long it takes, you know. He'll, oh, you know, I mean, I've been on the road where I've, you know, I have. You don't want to be in the room next door <laughs> because he'll like he'll work out a song all night long. Really? Yeah, and you'll, you know, he'll bring like a baritone guitar into his room in an amp, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Well, there's been a few nights when I have to call the road manager. And just,
0: <laughs> Put me somewhere. Yes,
3: please. <laughs> yeah, because he's a night owl. You know, he doesn't. He he stays up all night.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And. Doesn't com- really come out of his room at all on the road. Wow! Because he's trying to protect his voice, so he de- he doesn't want to talk. You know, he doesn't do any talking. Yeah. So he just stays in.
0: Oh. How mean, long? How long you been with Jackson for?
3: Oh, over, over twenty years. Wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was on and off. You yeah. Know? But that says um,
0: something about him. I mean, and obviously you, you both your relationships and you as a player and everything, but. It's so good when you hear guys using the same band and they're... Well, that's
3: him, you know. Right. Like, you got to try really hard to get fired from playing with Jack. I mean, he's like, it's a family to him, you yeah, know. yeah. Once you're in, you, it's family. Yeah, you know, that's you fantastic. It, you know. That's really so, cool. So he's really, really... I, I, there's really nobody I'd rather play with. You know, yeah. I, mean, I love his music. I love his songs. I love him. I love his band, his crew. The, the whole thing is is a family.
2: And it's great. Got
0: to make it such a pleasure to go yeah. out and do that stuff. It's really it?
3: fun. Yeah, we just booked um, two months with um, James Taylor, opening for James Taylor. Oh Wow. Yeah, oh, that'll be great. It's really good. We we did it a couple years ago. You know, we put, James Taylor will fill Fenway, like the, the whole thing. You know. Wow. And we opened for him at Fenway and at Wrigley, and it was packed, you know, Damn. and so much fun. So, Jackson is opening, and you know, you know, I worked with Jackson the other day, and he said, "Yeah, James is like, no, you know, I mean, you could, I could open for you, or you know." But, <laughs> and Jackson's very humble about yeah. it. He's like, "No, yeah. well, it's not really like that, you know." I mean, James is, you know, James Taylor is kind of, God, kind he's, of, you know. I mean, it's amazing that he can fill those giant places, well, you know. But it, yeah, he's like Linda Ronstadt in a way. He's like right. the original, in right. some ways. I don't. Yeah, I mean, he know? was.
2: Yeah, you know him, and yeah, he was. You know what he, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I
3: consider Jackson in, in that in that category. Yeah. But you know,
0: but Jackson's stuff's got a little bit like his stuff's really mellow a lot of it, it them, well right?
2: it didn't break through i mean the big hit the big mega hits that james has had over the years you know jackson hasn't but they're similar in that
3: similar. they have tons yeah. of album tracks that no one knows i mean yeah. to, you know that are bri- brilliantly written songs you know yeah. but um you know i i don't know exactly you know i mean jackson did sort of I mean, he was selling out stadiums, you know, uh, when he when he was in his heyday, and I, and I, you know, and then he did consciously start, you know, um, being a philanthropist, you know, and um, and doing benefits and writing songs about, you know, what was happening in the world, and yeah. And I don't know that, that that if that might have affected things a little bit, you know, um, sure. I don't know. Um, but And that stuff was some of my favorite stuff. You know, we, we do songs now that he wrote 20 years ago on Lives in the Balance, you know, about you know, Nicaragua or whatever, you know, and uh, that when we sing them today, they're just like right in there, you know, yeah. like perfect.
0: Like nothing's changed. Very
3: satisfying to get up there and do that with yeah. him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he is, he does... Does he still do a lot of activist kind of stuff like, he Tons. like he's Tons. He does in a so lot of many stuff,
3: benefits. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like we're Springsteen and guys like that, and you know, we're. I think they kind of kept it down the sort of commercial, or you know, might, for lack of a better word, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just sort of. Uh, I, f- I feel like Jackson should be. Yeah. Selling out Fenway as well. Yeah, you know? totally. But what the cool thing is, when we open for James Taylor, we'll do 70 minutes, and like Jackson can do two hours of hits. He's got a ton of hits that he's written, you know. And um, so, in a 70 minutes set, we'll be really good. That's really fun to go in and just like do a really rockin' up. And James up will do 90, I
2: guess, after that, or at
3: least, yeah. Yeah. Wow, and James has, like, you know, the most unbelievable band. Yeah, it's, so great, he's got, it's yeah. incredible. He's got Landau, he's got Landau and, and Steve Larry Gadd, Goldings. Larry Goldings, and then the great horn section. Um, Damn. Wonderful bass player who's his band leader. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yep, that's right. Yeah. That's a, they say Jimmy you know, Johnson you know, is. It's
2: so funny when I we talk about this. Even when I, when I saw you guys, you know, at the spud, I just feel like. I mean, you know, like the music adjacent. I'm not really in the music business. I'm <laughs> a music adjacent. You, you know, like 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 those, those those houses that really aren't Beverly Hills, but you want to try and sell them as Beverly Hills. <laughs> so you say like Beverly Hills adjacent, but it's really yeah. you know it's Beverly Hills
3: adjacent. Yeah. yeah,
2: I feel like I'm kind of music adjacent <laughs> with the style you play. Yeah, just the, the way jazz. the way I play and who I play for, and no one gives a shit. You know, and it's like. Yeah, this is right. This is music, right? What am I doing again?
3: (laughs) Well, that's how I feel. I mean, you know, I mean, Cardi B is what's happening now. You know, I couldn't feel any more adjacent. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's. it's, I mean, the
3: stuff that my kid listens to wants to listen to is like atrocious, man. I mean, like, it's just so disrespectful.
0: There's no rock anymore. Like, well, as opposed like to what we grew up with. You know what was on the charts back then now it's it's all this stuff where you, i mean i'm trying to think of just rock bands that exist on the charts and they're not a they she played me around.
3: something recently that actually did sort of have some guitar in it or the old man stick as the kids are calling <laughs> it today
2: is it the old man stick. The, the old, old man manstick. stick. Oh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Uh, wow, that hurts a little bit. Oh no, I'm uh, proud of that. The, one. the old man I'm, stick. I'm grump. Grumps loves that,
3: right? The yeah. old man stick. What the fuck? <laughs> it's great.
2: It's great. Yeah, but I heard I something. I feel sorry for those kids in school. that are paying all that
0: money to study with me. Yeah, right. The old man stick.
3: Oh, there's some good. There's some good stuff coming up, but
0: it's. I guess. I guess the biggest difference with what the kids are listening to now is they don't have artists that have been cultured, like, you know, embellished and looked after and yeah. seven albums and right. all that kind of stuff. It's all singles and, yeah. you know, I Th- was talking to...
3: They're not holding back singles for the second album. You no, know, like,
0: it's just... Well, yeah, like I,
3: Jackson produced Warren Zevon's first albums, two albums, oh, and wow. he held werewolves back so that he would have, you know... I think that's I think that's the case. Damn. Yeah.
0: That's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, back then they were
0: Did you ever did you work with Warren? I
3: had a very, very strange audition for Warren. Oh, really? I yeah. gotta hear that. Yeah, it was incredible. It was so weird. It was um, for the sentimental hygiene album. I was just texting with his daughter who I'm friends with, Ariel Sivan, about it and the other night. She's a singer songwriter. She lives in Vermont she texted me because she had written or she's singing one of his songs and she wanted to know if I knew T-Bone Burnett and, because it was a song that he wrote with T-Bone Burnett but anyway I reminded her and I'd already told her so you know I was repeating myself but the, of that audition which was like a really long audition back when we, you know I was auditioning for things um, it was like I you know I played with him for a an hour, but he stood very close to me, and he looked at me like I was a Martian from outer space. Like, he was really close, and like, looking up at me, like, you know.
0: While you played.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, I wasn't good enough to have the gig, you know, I was in, it was a lot, I was in my 20s, you know, and, uh, and it was, I was trying to cop, like, David Lindley stuff, and I was not a, as good a slide player as I am now, not that I'm, you know, that's, he's, those are some big shoes you know but uh and he was wearing all gray he had gray shirt gray pants gray guitar like you know (laughs) yeah his guitar painted this like battleship gray and i she said yeah he got into that gray thing for a a period everything was gray all his clothes he was a little ocd wow but he was really sweet, he was very nice to me, Right. you know. I've heard it could have gone the other way, <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> you didn't get the gig, though.
3: No, I didn't get the gig.
0: You've, you've auditioned a bunch over the years, right? Back, back, in, more back did, in the day, obviously. I did, back in the
3: day, yeah. yeah. I auditioned for the Victory Tour, <laughs> for the Jacksons.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, and I had wow. to play
3: the Beat It solo, back and forth with it, with the other guy. Like I got a call back between came, came me and the guy that got the gig. <laughs> And to play that beat and solo over and over back, it was it was pretty wretch, wretched. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and David Williams was the, the guy that chose, you know. Really? Yeah, who, who would get the gig.
0: Who was the, do you remember the guy that got the gig?
3: I don't remember his name. His name was Greg, I think.
1: Right.
3: He was great. Yeah. And, you know, it was back when I had a boogie, a Mesa boogie, and he had a Marshall, you know. And he, we were trying. I'm trying to do Van Halen, and oh shit, it was that? Yeah, and he he did it really well. Sounded much better than me. So yeah, auditions, <laughs> and you I know, just crashing and burning. Yeah. I mean, I auditioned for Cher, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and I remember like I was doing great. I was thinking, "Am I going to get this? This sounds good." And then I just hit like a stinker of a clam, oh. and like the music the md on the keyboard across the room just kind of looked at me like really like, oh, he just man. looked over at me and you know, oh. that was that
1: oh man yeah
3: i, I kind of didn't really want that no that's
2: though. yeah you know first of all you learn two <laughs> things one is uh, never lose your focus like that yeah and two like you probably were just trying to lose the gig and you didn't know. <laughs> no, no.
3: Well, yeah, I did. Was yeah, that turned back really time, days? I don't know. It was a really long time ago. So maybe.
1: Yeah.
3: A guy named Pat Thrall got the gig. You heard of him? Oh,
0: I know the name. Was that, yeah, did you get Wilson really Phillips after that?
3: Well, no, that was like, I finally got a gig. You know, I kept auditioning and not getting gigs. I was thinking, shit, you know, this is, you know. But not really feeling like I deserved it. You know, every audition I didn't get, I was kind of thinking, I don't really deserve this. Yeah, you sure, know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. Really, it wasn't that happening. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But when I did the, uh, the Wilson Phillips gig audition, I really had it together. Yeah. And it was very satisfying, even though it was like, you know, it was clearly a very sort of teeny bop music. And, yeah. But it was played, you know, Joe Walsh was on the record, yeah. Michael Landau, and, and the guitars were great. And, you know, and I had the Bradshaw rack, I had all the crap. <laughs> and I had it. I had it dialed, and you know, I did a really. I had a great audition. So did
2: you? Did you so you learned the tunes off the records and went and did the audition. Yeah, Is that the way it, it works.
3: Yeah. Well, they sent us like, they actually sent us breakout stuff. Wow. You know, so it wasn't like a cattle call. It was you know, like five or six guys, I guess, and you know that were referred, recommended. You know, I think I was right. recommended by Lando, and um, so you know, the, yeah, I got like instrumental versions so you could actually hear the parts yeah that's awesome
0: because yeah some of those songs were I mean it was all Lukather and Landau and yeah some really great parts yeah it
3: was really good it was fun
0: and biggest thing I noticed was the songwriting it was so different to say now yeah that was that height of that songwriter LA session kind of thing and yeah
3: They were good songs. Good songs, yeah. And when we were on the road, they were having one number one after another. They had three number one songs in a row while while we were out there. Wow. You know? And then,
0: were you still in it when China pulled the pin?
3: um, No, I don't think so. I was only out for like a couple months. Oh, okay. Yeah, we went to Japan. It's where I met my wife in Tokyo.
2: Wow. Oh, you met her over there? Yeah,
3: while we were out on the road. My mother had passed away. My mother passed away minutes before... The phone rang, and uh, the musical director said, "Hey, you want you got the gig? You want to do it?" You know. Whoa. And I was like, she had just left. Wow. And the phone rang, and I was like, "Yeah, well, let's go." <laughs> yeah, Perfect. Let's, let's do Perfect so. timing. And then I yeah. was like, freaked out, and like hiding in my room because I was like, you know, you know, I'd lost, we lost our brother six months. Oh, I didn't. Uh, before she died. So I was starting to feel like shit, and I'm gonna get something's gonna happen to me, you know. So I remember, Yeah, feeling like, you know, wow. yeah. But then I ended up meeting Shelley, you know.
0: But is she from there, or no?
3: She, she's, she's from Seattle. She was modeling. Wow. Modeling in, in Tokyo. The bass player in the band wanted to go to this club called the Lexington Queen. Oh, which is know, this, Lexington okay, of course. <laughs> it's this notorious place where yeah, musicians go going. looking for models, you know. It's like, yeah, it's, I like, I went to Lexington, yeah, it's yeah. so crashed. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I was in my room and he was like, no, you're coming. I'm like, no, I, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to, you know, and he just like dragged me out, so I went and that was that.
0: Wow, that's a cool story, man.
3: You're funny. It's in the song on my first record, uh, Tokyo Girl, which is really. <laughs> I love it. It's by far the best song I've ever been involved with writing. Wow. It's a really good song.
0: What's the first album?
3: That album is called At the End of the Day. At the End of the Day. That's the one that I wrote most with Dylan <clears throat> O'Brien. Yeah. There's a song I wrote with my mother on that album, like right after my brother passed away. We wrote this song together while my mom was dying. Wow. It's called "Deal with It," and you know, it's like, it's, you know, I'm, it's the ultimate gift from her, you know, and also to her because she right. felt like she was blown away by it. It was like, you know, she was a songwriter; she hadn't written a song before, That's and it super was cool. really, it was great. That's awesome. I remember we wrote the song, and. And then she was like, okay, let's go. I want to buy you some cowboy boots. And she was sick, and we got in her car and drove all the way from Malibu to Melrose and bought some, because she wanted to get me some cowboy boots. Yeah. You know? Uh, so you, so you uh, wrote it
2: for her when she was there, yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, we, kind of, we wrote it, it's called Deal With It, it's about my brother. It was uh, both of us, you know, writing for him, you know. It's a great song. I love the song. It's on the first album, too. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Didn't right?
2: you do Tokyo Girl with Jack shit? No. No, you didn't.
3: Did I do it at my, when I do yeah. my own gig. I, did it, I, I feel
2: like I've heard it somehow. I must have heard it. Well, the, it,
3: there's a nice thing. Um, Jackson actually sings on it. And he, when, I was on, when I released that album, he gave me the stage and had me sing the song in the middle of his set every night. Wow. On tour that year. So, and man. oh, it was amazing but it's not something i would actually want to do cuz my friends all say oh yeah you got to twist his arm to like cuz i got a new yeah, album like yeah, to yeah. let him do that again you don't want to do that yeah. unless you have like the perfect song you know it's got to be a song that's going to work you know it just can't yeah. be a good song it's right. got to be like a perfect song and that song you know about meeting my wife in a bar in tokyo you know 20 years ago and you know it's called Tokyo it's sort of like and it really is a really good song so it was great and then he would he'd you know he would introduce me like this is you know, the best song ever written <laughs> you know? wow. and you know I, I wake up hearing this song I mean he loves he's just such a match, you know yeah so what a great you, man yeah
0: that's, that's pretty not many not many artists would do that no that's pretty awesome
3: no and I would never ever expect it or or yeah, harass right. him for it I know people that have harassed him for to open and man, it's tough because you're just robbing die-hard Jackson Brown fans of an, of another Jackson song, you know. Right. Let alone opening a half an hour of Jackson songs, you know. Right. So,
0: wow! I saw a picture of um, uh, Charles Bronson and your mom, I believe, yeah. somewhere in a magazine, and I was just like, "Fuck." like they there, could is it look, that
3: one that was going around where he's like like she's like wearing like a tied top and long blonde hair and he's like yeah, muscular and you're they muscular. look like they're on the beach arm in arm yeah 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 I it's was an amazing like, picture
0: I was like fucking hell like you couldn't get any two better looking people, people like yeah. and just star factor they're like
3: yeah they were amazing incredible
0: man I was just like damn that's that's it right there
3: you know man yeah it's kind of it's amazing you know it's I feel so like so many people have no clue who they are now you know it's sort of I never imagined that you know
0: that's got to be Feel a little weird, it's right?
3: strange because of how huge he was. You know, yeah. it was just like he couldn't go anywhere. We had, we were on the stars to the maps, homes <laughs> thing. So we, I grew up with Pete Charlie getting out of the car <coughs> and running up the stairs because there was always people outside in the street taking pictures. And you know, and I saw him be swamped by tour buses of Japanese people. Or they'd see him and like, it would just be like, okay, we're here. We're, he's not getting out of here. You know. So and he was the last guy that wanted that kind of attention. You know, he did, he was a bit of a germaphobe and he didn't want he to shake hands, and he, you know. Yeah. But you know, he he knew you know where ter- his success was. Yeah, <laughs> what it was of about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, he's uh I know we talked a little bit on the last show, but it's such it's so interesting to me that he was such an icon. I mean, Yeah. I mean, he was. Wh- when did when did he die? When did he, he died, he died
3: in 'o 03.
0: three, but yeah. he stopped making movies when.
3: Um, I, I'm guessing maybe five years before that. Right. I think he actually was working when he had Alzheimer's. You know, ah, like okay. he did some work. Yeah. He had. He he married a woman before he died. A few years before he died, and she was an aspiring actress and i think she talked him into doing some things so that she could get some little parts and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, and i think yeah. he just sort of did a few things. I, I don't think i've got that completely wrong, but <laughs> i might. <laughs> right. You know, it was a yeah, weird time. You know,
2: this is Guitar we don't really <laughs> this is guitar we wink. don't really fact check things. Right? <laughs> yeah, and it's not really about
3: <laughs> the truth <really. laughs> Well, nothing is nowadays.
2: It doesn't really matter. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: right. But um you know, this here I can believe I'm a good guitar player. You know. Oh my <laughs> God, you're the best
3: guitar player I've ever heard in my I'm the life. Best Bruce. guitar
2: player in my price range. <laughs>
1: that I am.
3: Your red guitar gig is the greatest. I love that gig so much. I was just telling Roy Blankenship about it. I picked up my '57 Pro Tweed Pro from
1: Ooh,
2: Roy. Nice. Right,
3: '57 Pro Tweed. Well, I've never really had a. 15-inch speaker amp. I just bought this amp, so I'm, but it showed up kind of destroyed. I bought it from a guy in Connecticut. and I do know that when you ship a tweed, you should put it upside down because the tweed amps are hanging from the top of, of
2: the amp. The you chassis
3: are hanging. Shouldn't and then
2: you just take the chassis out? You should,
3: but if you put it upside down and put this way up on the stickers on the box, oh, it's, it's got good. a much better chance of surviving. Oh, I, I don't think they Turn them upside down if you've got all those arrows pointing. At. Mm-hmm. But they do t- take some knocks, you know. And this thing was like had yeah. just been ripped to shreds. God, I
2: need to sell my Pro.
3: Do you have a Tweet Pro?
2: No, I have a Pro Reverb '65. Great amp. Oh, it's it's a marvelous amp. I just don't play it anymore. It's pretty big, heavy. Yeah. Big. It's beautiful, and I just mm-hmm. uh, you know unless I got somebody carrying my shit, I don't <laughs> play it no more. I know. I'm yeah, I mean, when place. would you need... Well, you know, Cowbop, that's the... End. Oh,
3: you can <laughs> get going, yeah. yeah.
2: We rock a little bit. Yeah. I mean, not like you
0: guys do, but we get rocking. Are you a col- value collector of gear? Yes. You are? What's your collection? Guilty. Are you a reverb on Reverb.com a lot and serving around? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: it's pretty bad.
0: What? What have you got?
3: I acquired the most beautiful guitar today.
0: Wait, oh, wow. what I've get? been
3: working on it for a long time. And um, the guy who sold it to me has become a friend. And I actually do like him. I wasn't just being friendly so I could get his guitar out of his hands. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> he really is a nice guy. It's a 58-dot neck 335 with a humongous neck. It's it's really a, a magical guitar. Very cool. And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, that guitar started out, came from A strat that I bought 25 years ago for five grand, and have been like trading and swapping, and you know I've kept track of how I've you know I I parlayed that sucker into a thirty-eight thousand dollar dot neck. Yeah. 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 You know I had one. Yeah.
2: I had a dot neck three thirty five fifty eight. Yeah. Great shape. And I sold it for what I paid for it. Yeah. I was And I was glad to get it. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm feeling like such a
3: fucking idiot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, but it, it was my one moment where I, you know, like when Fusion started happening and... Uh,
3: Larry Carlton and Lee Rittner. Larry and, and Robin yeah. and all
2: those guys. And I was down here playing some. And so, I, you know, aside from my bebop gigs, I would, you know, play some Fusion with the yeah. guys. And just realized... I didn't like the music. Yeah. I just didn't like the how loud everybody was playing. There were, it didn't feel melodic to me. It just felt all choppy. And I mean, I'm not saying yeah, I just didn't like it. Yeah. And so, like, I didn't want the 335 anymore. It just yeah. really wasn't a good sounding act for what I wanted to play. Yeah. And I found some guy who wanted it. And Probably I just,
3: before it, they took off price wise. Oh, yeah, or, that,
2: that, yeah. That would have been like yeah. 1979.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah so they were 2500 bucks or something back
2: then. Yeah, I, mean, I got 15 Yeah. Wow. But that's what I paid for it. Yeah. I no one got hurt. What,
3: no, that's okay.
2: Except for if I probably blew out some of my eardrums, you know. What, why, why, are they 30, so, why are they so oh, expensive nowadays? Oh, my Lord. They're so rare and they're so oh, great.
3: Yeah. Well, if they're original, you know, um, yeah. They're yeah. just, yeah, it's supply and demand, you wow. know. Um, and they really are nice, you know, there's something about it. Yeah, they're, what they are, it. they're great. Man. Yeah.
2: And this guitar was great. I mean, I not before I had the neck uh, measured. And uh, when I had that Ibanez guitar made, I gave them those measurements. The
3: 335? Yeah. Does it have a big neck?
2: It, it, no, it didn't have a big neck. Yeah. It had kind of... The
3: big necks are rare.
2: and uh, But they they changed. The Ibanez... I like the Ibanez neck a my Bruce Foreman model better than yeah. that
3: 335. Well, it's weird for me. Like, I... I like a big neck, but I, I just like the guitar to have a vibe. Like, it's not like I pick up a guitar and go, oh, this neck's not big enough. It's just sort of like an instrument just kind of a, is cooler, or it isn't, you know? Yeah. So it can be a skinny neck and be really cool, you know? But um, part of it, like, buying this guitar, is I am thinking, like, College Fund or, you know, down the road for Stella, you know? Yeah. like. And I do know that a, a large neck is, like, in people love that right. it's much easier to sell you know yeah. but uh yeah I'm, i have acquisition syndrome like <laughs>
0: do, you have a, do you have a favorite <laughs> what were the tellies you tell you were playing the other night do you have a, a bunch of tellies um, i do yeah I a, what do you got I have a
3: lot i have a lot of tellies i when i play with jackson i play mainly telecasters yeah. um and they so all kind of original guitars or No, they're all kind of Frankenstein guitars. <clears throat> okay. I do have two vintage tellies. I have a 52 telly and I have a 57 telly. Yep. Um, a 57 telly I bring on the road. That one I keep tuned down a whole step and I keep flat wounds on it cuz Jackson will play well just certain songs. Um, we have another guitar player Greg, you know, so I'm I'm always looking for to to be in a different place or a different register. So I'll play lower or, you know, to try to, you know, not be playing the same shapes as him, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I've got a, a regular tune, but half step down telly, whole step down telly. Um, I've got one I play slide on. Actually, the slide guitar is a Strat, but um, I've got a Firebird out there. Uh-huh. I love Firebirds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: That Les Paul you had sounded great. Oh, right? did it? Yeah. That's a
3: 54 Les Paul. Oh, shit. I love that thing. Great. It was funny. It was... I was... As I mentioned to you, I was getting a bit of tendonitis that night, and uh-huh. that Les Paul, like, you know, I don't didn't change the strings. It hasn't been set up, so the action's really high, and, you know, I like high action because then I, I don't... I can't try to do any dumb, fast shit. You know, like, it keeps me honest, you yeah. know? But... It took a, I was you wrestling get more with sound it. out of the instrument. Too. Yeah, right. And I was wrestling with it I was thinking damn this thing needs to be set up but it does have a good tone. Oh man.